Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kinsey Dazinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. I'm so glad you're joining me in this community today. If you're new around here, we are in the middle of a series on how to build a strong marriage. So what I've done is I've taken John Gottman's research and his sound marital house to come up with practical instruction and ways to apply this research in a certain order to your own marriage. Feel free to go back and listen to the whole series so far, starting with episode 63. Today, we're talking about what it means to commit to each other in marriage. Now, that may seem pretty straightforward, but what I find when working with couples is that while there's an intentional commitment to certain areas, there may not be in others. Not intentionally, but just as a result of a lack of thoughtfulness or consciousness when it comes to wholehearted commitment. And because of this, we're actually going to spend two episodes on commitment because in this first one, I hope for us to check our heart postures when we think about what it means to commit to each other. And in the second one, I hope to give you a clearer picture of what it means to commit to your marriage as a covenant. For that reason, these episodes are going to be more teaching than coaching. So far in this series, we've talked about building a foundation of friendship. And as we talk about commitment today, I want you to think of it as a framework for supporting the friendship you've worked so hard to build in the first place. That framework of commitment provides the safety and structure that your relationship needs in order for your marriage to thrive. So laying the foundation is important, but if you don't have framing, you don't have a house. You just have a slab of concrete. Likewise, if you don't have a commitment, you don't have a marriage. You just have a friendship, which is great, but there's so much more that a committed marriage can offer. Commitment facilitates trust in a way that nothing else in a relationship will. And we'll talk more about trust building in the next few weeks, but know that wholehearted commitment to each other and to the covenant of marriage is a prerequisite because if we remove the framework of commitment from our relationships, well, then we don't have any sort of structure upon which to build. So what does it mean to commit wholeheartedly to each other? It means committing to one person, our spouse, and forsaking all others for the rest of our days. And when I use that phrase, forsaking all others, from the traditional wedding vows, I want you to get a picture in your head of leaving or turning away from. Not so that you can live in a fear-based, ultra-boundaried marriage, which I assure you is not what we're about here at Brave Marriage. But this is about consciously turning away from any uncommitment that's currently impacting your marriage without you even realizing it so that you can turn toward your spouse and choose to commit. So today we're talking about forsaking all others, but next week we'll talk more about what we're choosing to commit to. Now for some of us, forsaking all others feels like absolutely no problem. Maybe you've only ever loved your spouse. Your own parents are still married. And so fidelity and forsaking all others doesn't even seem like an issue. But for others of us, if we're honest, this feels a little scary, maybe unnatural. Maybe you've loved before, been married before, or haven't seen couples stay together. So committing to one person moving forward seems vague in your mind as to how to do it. And if that's you, what I want to say is, you're okay. That's okay. 
You are where you are. You can't change your past or your experiences or your upbringing, but you can learn to live differently. You can become the type of person who commits to his or her spouse for life. So the rest of this episode is actually your action step for today. I want to give you a few areas to consider to really get honest with yourself about where you are, where your loyalties lie, so that you have a framework for forsaking all others, confessing your uncommitment, and consciously renewing your commitment to the person you're married to today. But before we dive in, this episode is brought to you by Courageous Conversations. Courageous Conversations is a one-day workshop designed to enhance communication for couples. Not only does this interactive workshop provide the structures and skills you need to communicate effectively and problem-solve efficiently, but it also leaves couples feeling closer, more connected, and more on the same page than before. If you and your spouse would like to attend on October 19th of this year, simply visit bravemarriage.com courageous-conversations. The workshop will be held in a really cool space above a coffee shop in Central Kentucky, and we'd love to see you there. Again, that's bravemarriage.com slash courageous-conversations. The first area of consideration when it comes to forsaking all others is our parents, the people who raised us, who know us, who love us unconditionally. If I've just described your parents, I want you to pay attention here. Because what I find with individuals who come out of wonderful families is that it's really difficult to transfer loyalties. It's really difficult to leave and cleave because one, it's sad, and two, it's scary, right? There's a grieving process that takes place as you leave your family of origin emotionally, whether you're 21 or 41. And it's a little scary because it's unknown. You've had years of learning to trust your parents, that they'll be there for you when you need them, that they're there for you and not against you. But you haven't had years to learn to trust your spouse. You have to start from the beginning. Especially in those first few years of marriage, you're still unsure if your spouse will be there when you need them in the way that you need them to be. But the only way to know is to let go of former loyalties. First and foremost, your parents. Because your marriage requires the same developmental process when it comes to trust and attachment as the one you've spent years developing with your parents. Imagine this. Imagine that when you were little, say four or five, old enough to comprehend what's going on, and your mom and dad didn't wholeheartedly commit to you. And I know, unfortunately, this was a reality for some of you, so you don't need to imagine this to know how hurtful it is. But for the rest of you, Imagine that on the days where you were a perfect little angel, your parents committed to being your parents. But on the days when you were more difficult to love, your parents ran back to their parents to be loved. So you're four or five, you've just broken something or written on something you weren't supposed to, and instead of meeting you with love, correction, and grace, your parents said to you, you know what, this is too hard. So instead of showing you that my loyalties lie with you no matter what, I'm going to leave you here, emotionally, in your guilt, shame, and confusion. If you need me, I'll be at my own mommy and daddy's house, being doted upon and enabled to operate emotionally as a four or five-year-old myself. Let me know when you're ready to be perfect or when you learn how to take care of my needs. Can you all imagine that? How do you think you would feel to be on the receiving end of that? But this is what happens in marriages all the time. Couples fight, they feel emotionally unsafe, unheard, unloved, whatever, 
and they cleave to their parents while forsaking their spouses. They essentially communicate, you know what, spouse, I know I married you and made a covenant before God to leave my mom and dad and cleave to you as my spouse, but in this moment, you're making it really hard to do that. Like, loving you is not so easy right now, and I need my emotional needs met. So instead of wearing my partner hat, I'm going to put on my mommy's girl hat or my daddy's girl hat. Hope you understand and that it doesn't affect our relationship at all, that you can just accept it and continue to commit to me wholeheartedly. Thanks. That's probably not going to set you up for a wholehearted, committed relationship, right? And listen, if you're feeling a little guilty for doing this, you're also going to be tempted to make excuses for why you do, justifications for why it's okay for you to do it. But instead, I want you to just sit with it. Imagine how that four or five-year-old felt and then realize that's probably similar to what your partner feels too, regardless of whether or not they're saying it. Okay, the second area of forsaking all others is past loves or former lovers. Just like those of us who cling to our parents when we feel hurt or misunderstood, it can feel easier in the moment to return to times or memories in our minds when we did feel loved and understood. We're human, and so we convince ourselves that just revisiting memories isn't going to harm anything, or that entertaining nostalgia about our glory days with someone else as an outlet is a way to feel better, not a betrayal of our spouse, come on. But if this is you, if you know there are places in your heart that you've kept from your spouse and reserved for a memory of someone else, I want you to remember two words, cognitive bias. Nostalgia can have a sneaky way of causing you to remember the past with rose-colored glasses. Essentially, we tend to remember the past better than it was, especially compared to whatever feels hard in the present. But in reality, you broke up for a reason. And as you forsake all others and commit to your spouse, it's just as important to turn away from old memories as it is to leave old loves themselves. And the third area of forsaking all others has to do with those in your life who you could possibly be attracted to now or in the future. Because again, we're human, you all. I wish I had a better way to communicate this, a way that stressed its importance without causing fear. But there was a time in my life where I would have thought that I would never, ever, ever be unfaithful to my spouse. But the more I take a look at myself, at my heart, at my sin, and the longer I'm a therapist and sit with couples, Christians and non-Christians alike, the more I realize, first of all, my brokenness in need of God's grace, but second of all, our humanistic, self-righteous tendency to think we're better than we are, more immune to things than we are, and that it's often that spirit of pride and self-righteousness combined with the right combination of stressors, marital disconnect, opportunity, and weak resolve that lead us to follow our deceptive hearts right into infidelity, whether emotionally or physically. And so as I say this, it's meant to be sobering, but not to be paralyzing. Listen, Evan and I love each other, we're committed to each other, and committed to the covenant we made together to God when we got married. But it's because we agree on our human weakness and need for God's grace that we live with a resolve to be faithful. So as you think about forsaking all others in this area, what acquaintances or interactions do you need to wake up to today? 
What fantasies do you have that you haven't even admitted to yourself are there or are negatively impacting your intimacy with your spouse? As soon as something pops into your head, please don't push it back down or reason it away. You need to feel it and become aware of it in order to confess it and in order to change and in order to mentally and emotionally recommit to your marriage. So again, your only action step for today is to honestly consider where are your loyalties at present? With your family of origin? With past loves at certain times? Or with fantasies of those who are just friends but who aren't your spouse? Committing to each other means having a framework upon which to build a marriage, which cannot happen healthily without forsaking all others, confessing your uncommitment, first to yourself, then to God, then to your spouse, and then consciously choosing to wholeheartedly commit to the person you're married to. If you need help doing this or accountability and support to get started, please contact a local licensed marriage therapist in your area. And my prayer for your marriage today is that what's been withheld would be brought to light, that you'd leave your father and mother and choose to cleave to your spouse, and that you wouldn't fear, that you'd find courage in Christ, freedom in confession, and deeper intimacy in your marriage. And I pray that the kindness of his love would carry you, guide you, and lead you into a more joyful life with him. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Love is not about Love is not a bond Love is just as fragile Hey there, Evan here. If you've enjoyed this episode, there are more ways to connect and work with Kinsey. First, would you take a moment before you go to subscribe, rate, and review the Brave Marriage podcast on Apple Podcasts? Your feedback means so much to us. Second, if you'd like to share your thoughts and feedback, you can do so by sending a text to the text machine at 859-221-3845. Or if you want to share openly, feel free to share this episode on social media, text it to a friend, or share in person with your friend group or small group. Finally, if you'd like to work with Kinsey through premarital or couples coaching, just visit bravemarriage.com and click on the services tab at the top. Again, that's bravemarriage.com.